Welcome to another action-packed, exciting episode of The Two Left Feet, the unofficial Labour Party podcast. We hope that you've been well this week. I certainly have been in a situation where I am completely drained and tired, mostly because I have to continue watching Everton Football Club. And after this weekend, well... I know I know I will do again but Christ on a bike 5-0 5-0 still angry really angry anyway anyway humanoids um this week we are going to just have a little bit of a chat nothing nothing formal this week we're going to talk about everything that's been going on in terms of what the media are focusing on, which is everything, obviously. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us at any point uh, regarding this episode or any other and give us a comment and viewpoint, you can get in touch with us on email, labourpod at gmail.com. On Twitter or Facebook, we're at labourpod. And search for us, two left feet on Pretty much every uh, podcasting platform now, apart from iTunes or iPodcast or Podcast iPlayer or whatever the stupid thing it is, that's not letting us on it because of some stupidity in logging into accounts and I can't do it. I mean, it's it's, probably could, but it's taken so many phone calls to the iPeople in Apple that I've given up, that I can't be asked anymore, that it is a horrific, horrific t- platform to even try get a bl- blooming podcast on. I've had enough of these blooming eye people and their eye ways and eye strangers and uh, and eye advancements and eye, uh, what whatever they're called, the gurus, eye gurus, my backside. Um, Apple, sort your together. Really? What a horrific... Tr- oh, not even... So angry. Just so angry! Especially after bloody Everton. <laughs> Anywho. I will I will try and release my rage and, and, and volatility and condense it into sound bites for all of the, all the podcast listeners out there in podcast land. All of you humanoids out there. So if, if at any point that I do sound a little bit irate, you know, I apologise now. It's not going to be one of those shit. And I'm, t- I'm tired and angry and, I, I, and I'll apologise in advance. But there we are. Right. Um, if, you, if, you, if you do manage to uh, actually get through this podcast without going and, and feel angry towards me, and you do actually like the podcast and, and what we're doing here at the Two Left Feet, then give us a like, a share, a comment, and subscribe. The usual words that all social media pause say these days, including myself. I'm, I'm going to place myself in, in, in that group now. Like us, like us, share us, comment on us. Go on, comment. Go on, comment for us. Engagement. <laughs> what? Engagement. What do you mean engagement? It's called engagement. What listener engagement? Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, thank you for learning. Thank you. For, thank you for jumping ahead of your introduction as well. I held on for a while. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'm just ranting. Anyway, so seeing as you've already said, I'll introduce you to the co-host of the most. He is your friendly local neighbourhood councillor, councillor Jay Bez Oaks. So now you can say hello, Jay. Hi. How I are think... you? I'm okay. 
Um, I in my occasional glance at the league table, table, I was surprised to see. Don't you dare know, say I'm not it! Don't say you it. dare say it! That's okay. People, people who listen who know will will know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> seeing as you're such a devout Leeds fan, I'm not a devout Leeds fan. <laughs> It's only on goal difference, isn't it, at the moment? It, it, what do you mean, at the moment, it's finished? Oh, is it done? It's the season's finished. Hopefully that emphasises for everyone how little I give a shit about the situation. But Yes, yeah. you finished ninth and we finished tenth. How the hell we finished tenth with 59 points, I will never know. It is one of the highest points tallies mm. to come that low in the table. Oh, dear. I think I think, I think I got... Uh, Something that Coventry did something similar twenty thirty years ago, but never have we, never as a team in the Premier League almost had nearly sixty points and finished tenth. That's so so. It's a bizarre. Bloody. It's a bizarre year, though, isn't it? Where bizarre the teams year. don't have the pressure of crowds. And oh stuff. Is that, you know? God. I know, I know this. I, I know this isn't a football podcast. There's, there's plenty of brilliant football podcasts out there by, more, by better people than. But I just, ah, oh, if it, someone said if we, if we put more effort and energy into politics that was we do in football, the world would be a far better and greater place. But you know what? Sometimes you just want a rival that you can say, "Ha, we beat you." Yeah. But mm. most of the time these days, they're saying that to me. And I don't like it. It's like, really it's like being a, a Labour a Labour member at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> there there is a. Do you know what? There's someone I know who is an Everton fan who's a horrendous Tory as well. Mm. Uh, but but doesn't understand conservative politics. He just he literally, yeah, they're blues as well. So I vote for them. Well, and that's what it. Can that's you do his, in this this day and age. That's you know. that's his that's his whole mm. ethos on. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're the blue team, so I vote for them. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a blue, yeah, whatever. Uh, so, tell us, what's the news in the world of Councillor Oaks? Um, what's happened this week with you? Anything interesting? I, I don't know. What, well, I, or Well, no, just, I, I just, I just, I've heard a rumour <laughs> about that, you know, your, your mechanical skills were put to the test this week. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, my car broke down. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know what what the, what the what hell you were do doing. At yeah, all. yeah. That was and how did and how did you feel about that? Enraged. Um, <laughs> did you did you emasculated? Did... Oh, because well, you didn't know what to do. Well, no, it's just it's a car, isn't it? I don't. Imagine it. Imagine if you had like proper public transport that you could have not needed a car. But of course, here in the least served railway. Um, area in the United Kingdom. Is that true? Fair enough. I, I, it, I mean, I'll, is it true? Uh, I'll I'll say this. Uh, there is there is, on mainland UK. They're divided by the counties. So in terms of counties, uh, I think it's uh, Rutland that has the least number of railway stations with one. As it as in uh, council yeah, areas. Yeah. Denbyshire, which we're in, has two. Prestatton and Real. Yes, at the extreme north end of the county, mm. and which me and by population. So if you divide the population by the number of railway stations, we're actually least served than uh, uh, Rutland. Wow! And most other counties across the United Kingdom have 
three or four, mo- you know, m- more yeah, than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But as in the south end of Denbyshire, we have nothing. No services whatsoever. steam railway? That's not a transport railway, though, no, is it? it doesn't go that's anywhere. A, that's, a, that's an antique railway it's where fun, they go. Though. Oh, it's brilliantly fun. <laughs> go to Llangollen and go on the... Um, Mm-hmm. Vintage Railway, there, which is actually now um, it's been saved. Anyway, anyway, enough about choo-choo trains and all the rest of it, even though I do know you like a good choo-choo train going up Snowden. I think we should move on <laughs> um, to actual politics stuff. International politics? International politics. Okay, you want to go there first? Yes. Um, okay, well, I'm... I'll go into national politics. I'll take your subject. <laughs> I will take your subject and I will give you Joe Biden oh, with yeah. his corporation tax, mm. uh, which is a, I'm not too sure what it is. I think, is it a um, minimum m- minimum amount of corporation tax payable yeah. in any country that signs up to it or pretty much any country? Pretty much, yeah. Because it's all the powerful countries. So, so they want the G20 to do it first. And the whole then, of the G20. And then it will filter down to the OECD comp- um, countries. Companies. Yeah, because oh. yeah, because they'll pretty much be forced if the G20 do it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's creating international pressure. And guess which cog has come undone? Um, I'm going to say America, because they're the ones that usually don't want this. And pretty much every administration has said no to it. And it's the last key of the puzzle to be able to get this done. Am well, I right? No, America, the Congress is, you know, is hesitant about it. But it's actually um, our parliament voted against it last night. Our parliament. Well, hang on. I mean, uh, this is this is re- we're recording the day before uh, this actually goes out. So this comes out the Wednesday. So we're oh, recording. Monday. Yeah, we thanks for giving the game away. We're Sorry. Actually- <laughs> I mean, not to actually say to the listeners, actually, we're recording twice now because the recording we did yesterday didn't record. Uh, yes, yes, dear listener, we don't actually record and edit and post everything on the same. No, day. no, so to give our to give our business away. But yes, yeah, so on Monday night, our great Westminster Parliament, who speak for us all, obviously, um, voted it down, and the amendments put together by the Labour Party as well. Yeah. Uh, and voted those down, and we are now the last cog of the G20. Pretty much, yeah. Even though in the past we have stated that we were in favour of such moves, we are now not in favour of such moves. Yes. Why, Jay? Why could we possibly not be in favour because we of... left Because we left the European Union, and now our entire economic model relies on becoming a tax haven. Is my speculation. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I, you know, like the, Ireland. <laughs> I, Ireland isn't. Ireland were quite against it, and they asked for the international agreed minimum to be lowered to match. Did they? Yeah, to match with their tax rate. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Because they rely on it hugely, as as yeah. we know. You know, most many corporate headquarters for Europe are based is in, in Dublin. Ireland. Yeah. yeah, and um, they set about basically saying it was going to be 21%. That's what Biden wanted to do because that was the the median rate across the world. How much? 21%. 21? Yeah. Okay. So, um, and that, you know... Because it's already, what is it, 19 here? It's gone... Yeah, it's 19 at the moment. might go up. Uh, it, it's it's been fluctuated between 20, yeah. 21 and 19 mm. for years now. Yeah. So, um, it's basically... That's where we're at. Was we're debating numbers, except for us who basically said no, we're not, no, we're no. Not doing it. Do you do you reckon this is the fallout from getting nil point in the Eurovision? Um, 
you're complete. I hope so. A, such a blank it. look came on your face then, like, what, Eurovision? I know we got nil. I watched it. You watched it? Yes, I didn't. I, I just Eurovision. I did. <laughs> uh, anyway. No trains in it, though, but there you go. No trains, no choo-choo trains or anything <laughs> like that. But, uh, see, I didn't watch it because, one, I was working, and two, I knew what the result was going to be. Yeah. Basically, the UK having... Nil pois. Mm-hmm. Again. Italy won, though, which was interesting. Uh, some mm. of the more politically savvy people I know predicted Italy and got Italy. Oh, fair deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and painted their faces in Italian colours and all sorts of things. Oh, I know who you're Yeah, about. yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got Italian Yeah, Italian ancestry. heritage, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he, he, of course. But, um, yeah, so possible fallout of Eurovision is the UK saying, well, if that's not political, then bugger it, we'll... I think it's. Um, I agree. I don't agree with that. I was about to say I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. With that. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. It, it sounds logical. Analysis, yeah. It sounds logical. But now, so we are now becoming a, a weird little tax haven island. Well, it's part of our isolationist policies, which we now have to develop because we've left the trading block, and that's fine. That's you know that's what we agreed to do democratically. Yeah, probably one of the few nations in the world that have gone ag- the other way. Agreed referendum wise to depart from a global you know move towards a global yes, but, economy but but but, um, know, but he's getting brexit done this is it this is it this is getting brexit done yeah you know and we will all be worse for it well nah, ah, in terms nah. of this policy in terms of this policy in terms of this policy alone, are you sure yes why because because if everyone else signs up to it and they go ahead as, as the g19 you know, uh, missing us out, then we become a tax haven. Therefore, all the corporations of the world will sign up to... They'll base their headquarters here. It doesn't mean we'll get any more and jobs they'll, or And they'll more. pay taxes here. But not... I mean, they'll only be paying 5%, but they'll be paying taxes here. Mm. Surely some taxes is better than no taxes. Won't this country benefit from such a move is this a savvy move well maybe not actually because it i think one of the reasons we may not have signed up to it was because some of our uh, protectorates have lower tax rates yes so we're actually protecting them and their economies all oh, right so like the isle of man yeah it, it becomes complicated because they're not technically part of the uk but they are um the ballywicks of jersey and guernsey the isle of man there's, there's a few, a few yeah, in the caribbean channel, as well yeah yeah a few others um yeah, so we're that's where we're at, and that's a decision we've made. But is it a savvy move for putting more uh, uh, money in the coffers, in the tax coffers? I think the problem becomes, and this is becoming more and more of a problem, is it, it, it may be a savvy move economically for those who um, gain economically from our economy at the moment. I've yeah. used the word echo a lot, economy a lot there, but it's relevant. Um. Is it going to benefit those who perhaps need some redistribution of wealth? Absolutely not. It's the no. same with Brexit as well. This 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 may have long term gains for our monetary economic policy. Absolutely, but Thatcherism in action. Well, yes, and the aim with Thatcherism is to is to force us all to pull us up by our bootstraps. I understand that, but you know, it's we've had ten years of this nonsense already. Ten years. And of austerity, yeah. Oh, yes. Which is well, fascism in action. And then we've got Brexit, which is... I did, you know. <laughs> well, the Brexit benefit is on its way, and I suppose this decision is part of the Brexit benefit. Yep. 
Yeah, but oh, oh no, 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 no. Sorry, we can't say benefits to um, certain people because they don't. They're not on benefits. They don't take benefits at all, ever, never. Because benefits are wrong. Tax breaks are benefits too, guys. Yeah, are all is. Um. So, uh, as a policy, do you think it's going to go through at some point? Because I don't think it's going to go through here. I think, I think at some point, maybe the G twenty will go. Okay, Britain, you're going through a period now. We'll come back to you. Well, it's, so, it's really tricky to know what's going on because the uh, in one instance we're we're you know doing these quite you know right wing moves to isolationism, but also we're nationalising the British Railway. So that you know, is so bizarre. How how, how, how do you play this in terms of traditional political? Do you ideologies? know when I heard that the the story about the uh, British? Well, not it's not the whole network. No, it's not. Because it's we, not. We're transport for Wales, aren't we? We've got our own. Well, yeah, we're already nationalised, mm. uh, which which happened last year. Yeah, last year, year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, in terms of there are still private enterprise involved in. Uh, parts of network rail or, or, or oh yeah it won't be, it won't be nationalized completely yeah no, yeah yeah the operate the op- yeah the operators will yeah. still be uh, uh private but there there was a little part of me looking at it going is he nicking and i'm talking about the johnson now is he nicking some of the 2017 2019 labor manifesto and then putting it out as his own and every because now it just seems to be a brilliant move that he seems to be making that a lot of the press are saying, "Oh, that's a that's a savvy, that's a great move." I'm using savvy too much, but that's that's a, that's a brilliant move. But eighteen months ago, two years ago, the same press would have slated. Oh yeah, the Labour manifesto for the for for suggesting the same policies. We the, the more and more this happens, the more and more we need to start asking what is happening with our press, our media, in terms of. Do you, is it like possible? Is it possible? Thing. Yeah, is it possible that the you know it's the watch the left hand, the right hand moves, and it, literally the right hand is moving over to the left. As in, because some of the policy, some of the things that come out, the working, the traditional working class voters are now seemingly more associated to the Tory Party, and the Tory Party seems to be moving towards left policies. No, I think it's complete. I must. I completely disagree. I think. I think voters have bought perhaps rightly the argument that the Labour Party is a certain class of leftism which is you know identity politics workism culture wars that sort of thing they've bought that narrative that the media put out constantly all the time and they have done for the last few years especially since Corbyn got into power and they bought it completely which means when the Tories do something that's left-wing no one says oh my god it's left-wing they just say oh well the Tories are doing what they need to do yeah but then this but then this is this is what I, I'm, I'm trying to the say the Labour Party being sidelined is what I think is. Yeah, happening. yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. yeah, but in that process, the Tory Party are actually being uh, are flirting with left-wing policies, passing them off as economic brilliant policies, or or this is how it fits into the big picture, and selling it in that way. When actually, and to gain votes, I mean, let's put it this: it is to gain votes in these old red wall constituencies that are now fallen or falling and they've recognized a position where they only have to stick a couple of these policies out to gain the support in these constituencies for almost perpetual government so do you think that possibly that this that that everything that's happened in the last few years has turned the tory party only in certain aspects not in everything obviously but given them certainly uh, um, homegrown economics wise a more left slant. 
if we look at the history of the Conservative Party, there's this aspect of it called One Nation Conservatism. Yeah, well, so, yeah, that's that's a ten-year-old sort of uh, well, phrase no, that came about. Well, no, it originally came from Benjamin Disraeli and Lord Salisbury in the eighteen hundreds, and it was essentially a left-wing slant when left-wingism didn't really exist then. This idea that well, liberalism, I suppose it was. This there. idea that in conservatism there is a hierarchical order to society. And oh, you're pulling that face at me like I'm going to go on forever. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the listeners will love this, but go on. In a, in a paragraph. There's a hierarchical order to society, and the job of those at the top of the hierarchy is to help out the ones at the bottom. That's one nation conservatism. Yes. Right? So, this is what they think they're doing. The membership, the cohort of the Tory party think they're doing. They are making it easier for the bottom of society to work their Help ways. themselves. Yeah, help themselves. And it's yeah. all part of this, you know nonsense narrative that trickle down it all form it all forms part of that same nonsense of trickle down economics um meritocracy yeah. you know all of that sort of stuff and it's nonsense and yeah so that's where i think this is okay okay well we'll have to see as as time goes on it might be it might be a, a tactical thing or it might be a genuine sort of um move that they are going to put more Left wing, left wing style policies, which is fine. Which but is what fine. do we do as a party? Um, as a party, well, I hate to say it, but and I think we're seeing it is that then the Labour Party are now borrowing ideas from the right, and certainly Law and Order seems to be mm-hmm. one. Home Office issue seems to be one. Yeah. Um, reluctantly, but foreign policy seems to be going that way as well. well I go back to what I said in the election review podcast where it was basically it is the the job of the opposition to represent those who oppose the decisions of the government broadly speaking yeah and labor have not been doing that there are bills that have gone through parliament covert terror you know all of that all of those kind of which they've abstained bills, on which they've abstained on. yeah they might do this with the with the railway bill as well and they shouldn't because there are aspects of it which are awful in terms of like how how it works as a as a law and as a series of regulations which should be scrutinized labor need to get to grips with what their role actually is now which is to to be picky scrutinize and picky and scrutinize and ensure that if if the tories are going to go left wing they go left wing in the right way and that's okay to do that that's we're not losing anything by doing that no i mean in this media climate we will but yeah. so what <laughs> means know, to an end because people yeah people in general are winning if yeah. that's the case but mm. okay um very interesting so talking about um the current labor party we've got a by-election coming up yeah in Bately and spen yes which is west yorkshire yes somewhere about there i'm not too sure where it is to be honest it's west yorkshire i think it, what, i've just said that i don't anyway the previous mp is now mayor of west yorkshire that's uh, why a by-election happened Oh, is that the reason? Yeah. Ah, right. I just, I was wondering because I, I couldn't I couldn't figure out who'd who'd gone. Anyway, um, so the Labour candidate is Kim Ledbetter. Yes, Ledbetter. Yeah, Ledbetter. Better than my my pronunciation. Yeah, Led, I, Ledbetter. Yeah, you said that before, and I'm sure I'm mean. sure it's Ledbetter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kim Ledbetter, who is the, the sister of Joe Cox, the late MP Joe Cox. Um, now I'm not wholly against this uh, this this because the, it was the membership in open selection open selection mm-hmm. in that con, uh, constituency labor party who picked 
uh, Kim, I have heard some grumblings against such a selection, but from certain parts of the of of, of the party, as you would expect, one per you know one child doesn't get it, the other child starts screaming, you know. But I and I have to say to people of of that type who are complaining slightly, I have no problems with it. It was a fair selection through a selection process. The members of that CLP selected Kim. There should be no arguments there. No, I don't think there should. I mean, there's always unease when, whatever the circumstances, including awful circumstances, there's always a bit of unease when a relative gets involved in politics. Yes. But she's her own person. Yep. She seems to have a good background, regardless of her involvement, you know, regardless of everything that's yep. happened. And let's, let's go for it and keep that constituency. Yeah. I think, okay. it, I think it was Labour before. I don't think, you know. It's ours to lose you know, again. Do you, do you know, is, it, is it one of those? Oh God! Well, they all are now. That's what we need to. We that's how we need to think of it. We are. We are not to be dramatic like I was previously, but we're fighting for our lives in England. That's what yeah. we need to do. That's how we need to treat it. And you know. And do you think it's because of lack of policies from the top, or lack of uh, direction? Def- definitely lack of policies. Yeah, because because I, I think this this is a this is a criticism that's not just from one specific part of the party; it's from the two biggest part of the parties. To be mm. fair, and both sides are sort of saying there needs to be a bit more direction from the top. Yeah. There needs to be you know something that that's what somewhere somewhere to pin the flag on, and then that's where that's where our standard is. Um, Put it this way: as an officer in the Labour Party, I don't get much from National Labour. I get an email every single week from the Welsh Labour Party. Really? Yeah, that's the difference. So, the, so Welsh Labour give you yeah. Sometimes a, a heads up of, about sometimes things. Sometimes they're full of nothing, you know. Just but they're keeping in contact. But they're, but they're just sending these out all the time, and that's that's something. I mean, maybe you know, maybe National Labour do to some officers. I don't know, but I'm a chair of the CLP, so you should be getting from get something national, you know, office, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe a communication issue. If, if there's anyone I out get there, nasty emails from the general secretary every so often, but that's uh, well, that's everyone now. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's 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 it. Don't that's, talk about this. That's Sorry. yeah, that's his job now. Basically, <laughs> don't talk about things you need to talk about. Talk about things you don't need to talk about. Yeah, don't and talk about things that are irrelevant. Uh, or I don't know, that sort of moves me on to the next subject. Oh, is that how you're going to transition? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think just keep it on the whole thing of international politics. I sent a message to Dav before, and I said, um, "My hatred of you is only equaled by my admiration." <laughs> <laughs> That's only because of my use of the thumbs up on, on Messenger. Yeah, um, <laughs> no yeah but it, but then yeah, this this is this is a, a an, another thing that's going on at the moment, and and you know, and without you know, joking, definitely aside, uh, the Middle East. And in specifically, uh, the goings on in Israel. Now I understand there is a ceasefire, which is brilliant. Um, but I think a lot of people need to remember: it doesn't matter what your viewpoints are, on which side of the fence you seem to be falling, because it doesn't matter what view, if you if you air a view on this subject, I guarantee you there'll be a dozen or more people on the other side calling you and and calling you all sorts of names from the other side to say how a horrible person you are to dare take that viewpoint and and i've said to you before let's just get the bigger picture on this where people are dying kids are dying innocent people are dying it is not fair on those people for them to be subject regardless either side 
whoever's getting hurt, whoever's getting injured or killed, and there's a lot, you know, it's not, and no side's innocent on this, that it must be remembered that it's those innocent people, their lives need protecting first. And regardless of any of the politics or anything that comes on top of that. Um, but that's as far as I can possibly be willing to comment. Because, unfortunately, if I do comment any further than that, I will have those people saying, from either side, how what an awful person I am for commenting in such a way or having that opinion. When really... I don't really have much of an opinion because I don't know enough or understand the situation enough. I, I have a fair understanding of it, but not an expert understanding. And certainly not enough of a, a, an expert understanding expert understanding to criticise any side. Oh, I completely... You know, I mean, I don't have an expert understanding. I've been reading about it and trying to learn about it for the last... You know, since I started thinking about politics and international politics, and I, I am uneasy about talking about it. Yes, Just, you know, despite knowing quite a lot about it, I still think, oh, is yeah, it, because you know, where do you start? It, it, because it, it is it is such a minefield, and especially mm. when you have people who who have not expert knowledge, but a a greater knowledge to one specific point of view. Yeah, I think that I think that's um as a as a as a topic that is because a, I, I a side only, of it which, which i only say that because unique yeah almost. because these people then come back at you with very very emotive mm. um reasons why you're wrong yeah and why you're a horrible person mm. and you just sort of think no i'm just trying to understand it and, and this seems to be the the appearance of what i see mm. or what i hear and then you'll get someone uh, it's a difficult subject and yeah. and given my, my my joke into this sort of segue into this subject, um, it's not helpful that we can't talk about it, the, whole, the the broader subject more openly. No. And it and it's and it's very difficult when there is a minefield there, and you do want to learn a little bit more and have a better understanding that you're having to mess around with having to have a better understanding rather than helping to try and make sure that another child doesn't die or or, or add political political pressure to try and move the wheels forward so this conflict does come to an end, at least the conflict part of it, mm. and have these people sit around a table and actually discuss and talk and compromise and come up with a solution every single conflict ends with talking yes now, now 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 with regards and i have heard this argument said from one point mm. of view that 20 something or so years ago there was a solution and there was a compromise and i think it was in bill clinton's administration yeah. Yeah. that there was there was a real mm. chance and then it all blew apart and and one side blames the other and the other side blames the other for the falling apart and that was the closest it ever got. But to say that it'll never get to a position where they can sit around a table again is... It, 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 it's it's unthinkable. If we talk about Northern Ireland, and I'm not comparing Israel and Palestine to Northern Ireland, um, except in the sense of it's two or several groups which need to eventually talk to each other. 
Northern Ireland is at peace, but it's an uneasy peace. Yeah. And many types of peace across the world are uneasy. It's through constant compromise, conversation, talking. There's an increasing pressure of something which we which involves Northern Ireland Brexit again. Brexit comes up, you know, in in the podcast. It which increases the pressure and means everyone involved has to talk more and has to compromise more and has to think more and has to be more and more and devoted to the idea of peace. The region needs a sort of doctrine of peace. It needs a sort of aim, ultimate aim that that is what we have to get, and Northern Ireland does that with a lot of compromise and a lot of work and there's plenty of other regions in the world which which exist in that state i'm thinking of pa- pakistan and india you know and, and other places and it we again you can get into the origins of it all yeah well in, in interesting sort of what's the common denominator about these all all of these areas. i'm not willing to say that <laughs> <laughs> very interesting historical mm. common denominators Anywho, yeah. um, I I don't think there's much that we can possibly say about the subject because it it's it's such a it's a long on you know it's a hundred years now and it's not going to end anytime soon and I, and I, and, I, and I, that's that's horrible to say mm-hmm. um, because I don't I I can't see this conflict ending soon and I can't but I just I just hope that. It moves from a position of actual conflict to political conflict, and possibly, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how they're going to resolve it. I really don't. Yeah, but then, then that's that's it. I, I I know, I know, everyone who's listening to this is saying that that's a bit of a weak um, opinion on things, but really, I, 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 I don't feel comfortable talking any more about this i don't know about but you the reality is is that the, the secretary of state for the united states has gone now to jerusalem and is speaking yes. to various different people we'll see what comes out of that um there is a certain shift in our politics um but also a worrying polarization like domestically and you know there there are silly views on both sides and awful views and nasty views and victimization you know victimizing groups which have got nothing to do with the conflict you know regardless of their background regardless of their ethnic or cultural or religious origins and you know it 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 really is a conflict you can talk about without mentioning those things it really is i mean yeah. the, you know there's scholars for, throughout history who there's a few who say it relates to the religions involved and the cultures involved, but there's many more who say it's got nothing to do with that. It's land, economics, military history. It's, yeah. It's and land and uh, and property. Sorry, and that's it. You know the 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 sprinkling of culture on top I, again. And this is my viewpoint, which I know some will find offensive, but because of the various views of different organisations involved in the conflict, but inherently. This can be resol- resolved through discussion and compromise. It can you'd hope. everything else. Yeah, well, you'd hope. Well, you'd hope. It, Northern Ireland was split by religion, apparently, until it wasn't. You know, Scotland was split by religion until it wasn't. Uh, and you know, yeah, all these countries. Yeah, there's still splits there. Mm. It just moved. It just evolved into something else. Yes, but that's what peace is. Well, it's trying to move it to something else and, rather and, than until, until you get a Rangers versus Celtic match. I think that's a good way to let out some tension. Yeah, well, okay. Gladiatorial, almost. Yeah. Uh, right, I'm going to move on from that mm-hmm. because I think um, there's, that that's enough for, for what we need to say. 
we do welcome your comments and we do mm. welcome um, any emails to... Um, don't be mean. Labourpod at gmail.com. Mm. And as you say, don't be mean because this is a very, very, very complicated subject that is not going to be resolved by just a one paragraph um, comment at us because we, we don't, because you don't, maybe because you disagree with us for whatever reason and, but understand that we are trying to understand it and talk about it. Yeah. We're trying to talk about it maybe in a more productive way mm. than what I've previously heard in other places. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Moving on. Mm. Uh, other news stories is uh, 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 Belarus. Oh God! What the hell's happening That's there? That's still a very developing issue, isn't it? And, I mean, as of yeah. today, so this is this is so you'll be hearing this tomorrow on on Wednesday. So today, um, uh, uh, what I can't pronounce the name. What's the Belarus uh, prime minister? Prime minister is it? Livinenko. Livinenko might be. Yeah. I can't pronounce it. I it it's something like that. Yeah. Um, so it forced a plane down, Ryanair plane, into Minsk. Yeah. Because of a, a blogger, or a, 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 an opposition blogger who organises uh, protests against the Belarusian government, uh, was on that flight, so they diverted it into Belarus and then brought the plane down. Well, not brought it down, but forced it down by uh, um, air fighters. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, and then arrested the blogger. Yeah. Possibly beat him up, Mm -hmm. depending on the video you saw this morning with the bruises on his forehead. Mm -hmm. And where he's then admitted to all crimes suddenly. Yeah. On a video Mm -hmm. that's been sent out. Yeah, that doesn't sound. He could be executed as well. Yes. The one country in Europe that still has a death penalty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, a um, I was watching on the news earlier on that the uh, the opposition leader to the government, which, which I I don't know how much opposition there can be can be there, mm. possibly more than this country. I don't know, but the um, <laughs> oh, you teased <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, um, he was saying that there's actually about four hundred plus political prisoners. In Belarus, it's a really, it's quite a right-wing, nasty place, it's and not, you know. and there's potentially he said they could all be sentenced for execution. Yeah, mm-hmm. that are we still in the dark ages in this on on this continent? Well, no, because they're the only one left. I mean, you know, I don't think um, the, one of the advantages of being part of the European Convention of Human Rights is that you're not allowed to execute people. Yes, but what has the Convention of European Human Rights done for us. Oh, you just you just want to give me an aneurysm, don't you? Um, have you have you did you ever see that Patrick Stewart video on the yes, European? Yes, fantastic, yeah, brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, but so so obviously Belarus haven't signed up to that. I don't think so. It's one. Of well, the it doesn't pro- sound as it's though, one of have. the protocols. So I think it might be an opt-in, which has to be opted in eventually, and they may not. Have yeah, done the, it, there's, there's. I don't. T- I don't want to speak and say they're not when they are. Yeah, know, but. Um, yeah. And there's talk of financial. Um, They've already been excluded from various European. Yeah, because because I didn't realise that that the Belarusian government trade on the London Stock Exchange. Yeah, like massively. Mm. They have they, they they fund a lot of their public Lots services. Of these Eastern European governments do. Wow, but uh, wow. Okay, there you go. 
Communism. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> extreme right wing post communists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they went from, they just went straight through barometers at scale, straight to the other side, didn't they? It's a horseshoe, not a line. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Complete circle. Yeah. Depends which side they popped out on. Um, I don't. I. I. I'm. I. I dread to predict what's going to happen here, but I think there has to be a few, a, a few more sanctions against Belarus at the moment than what what's happening. I know there's a few financial penalties and. Um, are they they suspending? A lot more pressure can be put onto it yeah. because of the European Union aspect of things. Yeah, ju- just you know. what? Just because some blogger with a video camera mm. makes a couple of banners and a couple hundred people start protesting. Well, it, as much as the um, the the right to protest and you know for it to be declared as a an inconvenience mm. in this country has been legislated against. At least the, the Tories do allow protest. They do allow it for now. Well, yeah, yeah, but they ignore it. <laughs> they completely ignore it, and the BBC mm. and the BBC are instructed instructed to ignore such things. But at least it, it's allowed to happen to an extent. Yeah. Unless there's COVID rules, then there's you know then they, they pick and choose which ones you can protest. Um, oh, you really are appealing to both sides today, aren't you? <laughs> I'm appealing to my side. <laughs> It's not both. See, I don't like that idea. That no, I'm only but I don't like that idea. There's both sides. I, no. I, I have my views. Mm-hmm. Some more left than others. Some can, might be considered right. I'm. I consider more correct. There we anyway, go. um, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Uh, it really is a new, like, brand new story that's happening. It is. It is. It is. I mean, it's literally happening at the moment as the time we're recording. Mm. It's very interesting. It's a little bit James Bondish, uh, which I think is why it's slightly fascinating that there's there's this state that still feels that it's in the Cold War. Well, it's 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 a useful reminder that even when you hear nasty things happening abroad, that that abroad can be quite close by. Yes, because and, that's not yeah. that far at all. No. Anywho, um, I think lastly, before we go away, speaking of um, civil disorders, Swansea. Yeah, what's going on? There? Riots in Swansea. I I couldn't believe when I saw the pictures of and videos of it. It feels like the ones in twenty was it twenty eleven? Which ones are they? The student the, riots. Yeah. For the uh, student fees. No, it was it was the one following the shooting. Uh of... that was twenty. 20- Hang on, student riots were 2010. Mm. Those riots were uh, 2011. Doesn't matter. 20, no, no, it about, was 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Where it was because I went cities, down there. Country. I was there at the time. Right. I was in London. Mm. Well, I saw there, there was like eight days of rioting, um, and then I went down there because I was I was there anyway. Mm. Arrived in Euston Station, made my way across town. Massive amount of um, riot vehicles buzzing backwards and forwards, and then by that night, it it, it all calmed down and stopped. Mm-hmm. And as I told someone in the pub, well, it must, they must have known I was in town. That's it, possibly, absolutely. Um, but Were you yeah. in Swansea at any time recently? No, but I think right. I should go down there. Yeah, maybe sort <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but then, but then we don't know why it's happened. Well, there's some theories about a kid who there passed was a away funeral. And, and, and then it's all escalated from something mm. that happened there. That seems to be the story that's been put out. But but generally, I mean, 
how angry must an area be or, or, or a group of people must be to damage your own community like that? Well, it, it's... You, you see it quite a lot in different places where there's there's high levels of unrest and it you know why if these places aren't looked after properly or there isn't enough money to look after these places why would they care about it yeah but they were literally burning their neighbors cars mm. f- pushing them down the hillside so they were playing like a weird game of temping bowling with them with flaming cars and then stoning everyone who was coming past them I mean, there were, there were stories of mothers in, in the houses at siege with their kids getting stones thrown through their windows. and. Well, that, I must say that's quite unique and quite terrifying. Yeah. And, I mean, do, do, do you think... If it weren't following a year-long lockdown slash pandemic, yeah. I, I would be more surprised. But it seems like these this kind of weird, erratic behaviour we're going to see more and more Often. What as some sort of release? Maybe. Um, Ten minutes one, of hate. One, one, <laughs> two minutes of hate. Oh, was it two minutes of it hate? It was two minutes of hate. See, that's that's how str- I need ten minutes of hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I had ninety minutes of hate on Sunday. I'll tell you Did, that. Oh God! Five <laughs> nil. Sorry, sorry if I just blew your ear. Five nil. <laughs> God. Anywho. That's gonna. I'm gonna have to. Edit Everyone downstairs yeah. is gonna be like, "Dad's watched it again. Why yeah. has he done that to himself?" <laughs> oh, God, what a. Oh, Did Swansea have a bad football loss or something? Or is uh, there no, to no, they're in, no, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. So they they could Maybe actually it's stress tension. They they the they they could be back in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, which to be fair, like most Everton fans says, if uh, Swansea do win the playoffs, then Everton will be guaranteed European football next season. Okay. Yeah, they'll travel to Wales. Fair enough. Well, that's nice. Shut up, Leeds fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, bit odd. Someone, someone was saying, uh, made the point about the 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 riots in Swansea. Is it because liberal views in the Home Office has forced a generation of kids to be unruly? I know you're looking as though you're, you're squinting there, as though it's what the hell? I've just what policies in the Home Office. As in, over the years, a succession of um, more left-leaning or, or uh, ideologies where there's, you know, the capital punishment's gone, that was the first to go. Then the whole idea of you can't smack your kids, um, or the discipline in the schools. Oh, corporal punishment. And then corporal mm. punishment, and then uh, the behaviour of the, the police to the general public, whereas... You know, an anecdotal evidence of years gone by is where... Well, that's always useful, anecdotal evidence. But it, you wouldn't believe how much policies developed on that. <laughs> um, no, no, no. In terms of, you know, back in the day, the police officer would give you a clip around the ear and send you on your way, when actually it meant they pretty much kicked your yeah. backside <laughs> and then sent you on your way, uh, which they don't obviously don't do anymore because of police brutality and bloody blind situations that we've had over the years um should those policies be reintroduced well corporal punishment uh, well capital punishment is um that has no effect on crime rates no anywhere it's, no it's I'd, I'd agree with that rates. um the one example where people try to prove that capital punishment does help with crime rates is japan and what you forget in Japan is that there's a huge amount of um, pressure from the 
prosecutions, there's a high prosecution rate, high conviction rate. If you get caught doing a crime, you're going to be convicted. There's all sorts of factors involved in criminal justice and why people are unruly. Schooling, obviously, is a huge factor. It's, 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 it's just... What it's a, a huge topic. Yeah, but, 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 but what a, I mean, I mean, this is the thing. There's a, there's, there's a. Is, sen- it, is your point? Are we being too soft? Uh, there is a point that participation the, medals and that that kind of thing, or is it? I, more, don't, I don't. I couldn't give too. Yeah, yeah. Because that's about participation yeah. medals or any that that just irates people mm. that shouldn't. We still win a huge number of gold medals compared to our population, and our, you know, in terms yeah. of sport and stuff. You know, all of them chocolate about. ones. Yeah, but the no, no. There's there's the idea that. Um, when in years gone by you had a bit more of a disciplined um, society, possibly from national service. I think it's that idea from national service days where, I, I think you've said this to me in the past, there was a period of time where unruly young men who, after they're leaving school and not really settling down for a career, there's a little bit in between where, you know, it used to be they sow their wild oats or, the, or some stupid phrase that would... would excuse them for what they do left society for three or four years to national service then came out as a as a as a well-turned out man i don't think i would have said that to you no you made the point that 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 was the idea that was the idea yeah yeah. Mm. is there a argument that for people who don't go into full-time education or employment uh after they leave school and if they find themselves Terrorizing my, my Quaker card out again. Okay, pull your Quaker <laughs> card out then. You're a Quaker. You, you shouldn't compel anyone to serve in the military ever. But not not necessary military. A it, it it may be one or the same in the end. The the problem is is that if you set up like national service, all right, you're serving your nation. Okay, it, what yeah. about national education reforming service or so it, within the part of the education system rather than. Uh, the home office well we, we force children to go into education and training up until they're 18 now that's you know some they have to be in some form of educational training up until they're 18 yes so that's that's a step towards doing that but but what i'm saying is that there are a lot of people who say that for that period of time from about 18 to 22 23 oh, after that yeah okay that there is a period of time where Certain people don't know what they do. They do. You don't. Christ, I'm in my thirties yeah, and I still serve, don't know what I'm doing. S- but who's going to serve my coffee in Costa or my pint? In wow. No, but seriously, no, what? no, no, no. Because this form. Wow. It's not. I'm not making the argument you think I'm making. The argument I'm making is, we want a young workforce to do shit jobs. That's what our service-based economy, which it is now, wants. Yeah, but then th- th- we shouldn't rely on young people to no, of course we fill shouldn't. those jobs. Of course we shouldn't, but we do because the law sets out that we can pay them less. The yeah. law sets out that their benefit rights are less. The law sets out that their housing rights are less. They are at a huge disadvantage in almost every sense of the economy and social security. Anyone under 25 gets paid less benefits than anyone over 25. Um, it, you know, means test of benefits. They can get paid less, their minimum wage is less. It's not the national living wage when you're under 25, even though there are loads of student kids now. So who, are you, are you, you saying know. that these people are justified in rioting? No. The under um, 25s, is it justification that they tear open their communities because... No, despite your skillful whataboutery, what I'm saying is not um, that people should be allowed to riot and 
pillage when there's no social cohesion. Pillage, I like that word. Well, it's, it's the word that people will soon resort to when there's no other solutions other than we need to put more money into and more regulatory protections into the young in our country. You know, I mean, we've spoken about the crisis in hospitality at the moment. Yes. Which is essentially people don't want to be paid crap for a job that's actually quite difficult. And long quite, hours, and yeah. Long and antisocial hours. hours. And antisocial, yeah. yeah. So maybe we shouldn't resort to some form of, you know, national conscription, even if it's in peaceful but, peaceful circumstances, when we could actually make the situation okay, 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 for okay, young okay, people okay, first. Okay, maybe not a national service type where it's compulsory, mm-hmm. But what about a court-ordered um, uh, 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 program? So a, 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 where a individual is a someone a, a judge may see as someone who needs a bit of a, a social training. If you, almost. if you talk about reforming the prison system and the probation system, yeah, into one that's rehabilitative rather than punitive, absolutely. Well, what what I'm saying is that that age there is an argument that those people can't be rehabilitated because mm. there's nothing to rehabilitate there's, there's they didn't come from a position of peace and tranquility they've always been in this turmoil no, and, but, that, no, and but that, now still, they're old and yeah, strong enough but it's still termed as rehabilitation it's still the same process it's it's you know it's it's about making sure that when they leave prison or when they go from the justice system they before have, before they reach prison is the ideal yeah, absolutely well no you don't send what well, there's a great story in um a book by the secret barrister and and it's like stories Never heard of him stories from <laughs> or her Ooh. um and essentially he talks about or she talks about how the justice system it, it is well th- there's a story of when a young a young chap is before a, a free magistrates right yeah they're talking about how he's close to being drawn into that criminal world. You know, he's got criminal friends and all this sort of stuff. Can we set up a scheme where, you know, can we put him into a youth offending scheme where he gets trained up, he gets sorted, all this sort of stuff. The kid's on board, his probation officer's on board, his parents are on board. And then the magistrates are on board. They're like, shall we do it? Let's do it. Yeah, okay. They all go into the conference with their legal advisor, who is the person who advises them on the law. That all happens. They come back out sentenced him to six months in prison all right because of whatever was discussed behind those doors there is a serious problem in the way our our legislation is drawn up for young people and the criminal justice system and how they're treated when it comes to when they've basically basically when they're on a path to that kind of destruction and damaging attitude and they could be brought back and they're not the system fails them because we have a punitive outcome when it comes to justice and we also don't treat young people fairly across the board. No. I'll keep restating that point. I think, you know, economically, we treat them awfully. But, you know, how can you justify Is this an... teaching people, um, paying people under 25 less than people over 25? I know what the argument is. I know, I've, what, I've heard I know what some arguments are, yeah. and I, I agree with some of them in certain industries. Yeah. And you, go on. It, it's the it's the experience thing. Yes, of course. That and, and that's and that's always the excuse. Yeah, but pay, but pay people over twenty five more based on their experience. And and the, and this is the thing. And then you'll get businesses going. Oh well, you know, bankrupt and won't be able to have to lay. That's capitalism. Don't have a capitalist system then. Uh, yeah, but then the, but then the, full the, stop. End of podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, no, 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 because because the um, the argument against that is don't have a minimum wage system. 
to have if you're going to go full capitalism then have a free market economy where even people's wages are in the yeah. free market and then they become wage slaves so arguably they already are yeah the, the see minimum wage is actually has actually for me i think has made it worse to a degree Be- because because there is a now a minimum level instead of employers paying based on you know their needs so shortage of workers say so they pay a little bit more or it's more of an experienced job therefore they pay a bit more now they hold it to minimum wage they actually sort of it's it's not that it's not it's not the basic minimum it's they they treat it as the basic maximum as well and i think that yeah you can't complain we're paying you the minimum no no yes kind of our attitude yeah. yeah if we had universal basic income we wouldn't need the minimum wage Oh, uh, which we will discuss again some point. I think that's that'll be a good subject. Yeah, I think mm. we should. Uh, right then, I think that's done for this week's episode of the Two Left Feet, the unofficial Labour Party podcast. Thank you, Jay, f- Councillor Jay Bezos, for for your contributions this week. As always, much appreciated. Bye. I'm said to, we're not saying bye yet. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'll that, save it more then. No, yeah, yeah, no, no, because because I, I think um, the last couple of weeks we sort of drifted in between political histories mm. and a couple of watch-alongs. I think I think this is the first and election stuff. Mm. I think this is the first time we've actually had a chance to go back and talk about topics, topics, yeah. um, mm. rather than um, a lot of things that are going on. Um, within the party uh if you did like this episode and agreed with what i said and disagreed with what jay said then you can let us know by getting in touch uh email is laborpod at gmail.com uh you can contact us on twitter and facebook which is at laborpod you can find us on pretty much every podcast platform apart from itunes or ipodcast or what blood things they call them Yes, and if there's any person out there from who was on an iGuru from Apple, from Apple, you know, do get in touch. Tim Cook, yeah, any one, listen, any one of you, just give us a hand, please. Don't it, even know if he's there anymore. I don't. It's it's <laughs> just horrible. Anyway, so yeah, like, share, subscribe, and comment. Uh, again, you know, a little bit of a social media haul because we have to, and because it's just the thing to do these days, isn't it? engagement engagement yes listener engagements so then uh so from the the loving litigator oh no you don't like me saying that no, anymore not, do you well, yeah. it's not true <laughs> <laughs> the man who can your friendly local neighborhood councillor say goodbye councillor jabez oaks bye and it's a goodbye from me and we'll see you next week on the two left feet the unofficial labor party podcast thank you and goodbye
characteristics of Jagger Matt style, the trying to garb Matt swagger. I'm glad I got that recorded. 